Alright. Another breaking news episode of the Wisecast. Yep, what's going on? It's really on? not breaking news, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna throw at you a little 30 minute uh 30 minute episode to keep you well fed. What's going yeah. on, Nick? What's happening? You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. What are you uh what you been looking at? Um, well, I think t- I think it's a good idea to you know, we always we bash Trump a lot and we 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 do um a lot of our analysis is on the Republicans and Trump, but we're going to talk about a more of a broad topic and make sure that we keep uh, we keep the left in check too. So um, I know you read it already, but there was an article in this past Sunday's New York Times by Masha Gessen in the Sunday Review, and the title of the article was "The Truth Is Not a Toy." And I want to talk about it because she brings up a really really good point about what the what the left has become now since Trump has taken office. And she basically the the gist of the article is, you know, is it okay or is it uh even you know uh desirable to over exaggerate claims when you are kind of the opposition to match the other side's over exaggerated claims and she basically argues that we should the left should stick to reality and not become conspiratorial like the right um and you know i I would i would agree with her but Mm -hmm. there's arguments to be made for both because when it comes to somebody like trump who who lies so much and exaggerates everything to kind of keep people, uh, to to stop people from making that normal, you almost have to exaggerate in certain in certain aspects of in certain things. So that's kind of what we're going to debate today. And I, I just want to to kind of lead us into it. I want to read a little excerpt from from her article. Um, so she goes, uh, fraudulent news stories, which used to be largely a right wing phenomenon, are becoming increasingly popular among those who oppose the president. I prefer not to add to the appeal of such stories by citing them, but an example is the string of widely shared items that purported to link every death of a more or less prominent Russian man to Russian interference in the election. Each story dangles the promise of a secret that can explain the unimaginable. Each story comes with the ready justification that desperate times call for outrageous claims, but each story deals yet another blow to our fact-based reality, destroying the very fabric of politics that Mr. Trump is so clearly so clearly disdains. Um, and what do you think, Nick? I mean, we, we're seeing, I mean, the main example that I feel like we're going to talk about is, is let's just say the left with the, I would say, conspiracy theories on the Trump-Russia connection. So what, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, she makes the point that, that the Trump presidency is, is unimaginable to a lot of people. And thus, you know, you, p- people need some kind of, um, you know, some kind of rationale to explain what the fuck is going on. You know, it's so, it, you know, he really just is everything opposite from what we've experienced. And, you know, especially from a liberal's perspective, what we've, we've experienced before from presidents, especially can, you know, the manicured, refined, you know, slick talking president like we had with Obama, you know, Clinton, you know, Bush to a certain extent, you know, at least he could like work his way around a room. But Trump is just, just like so opposite and it's so out in the open what he's trying to do. Um, and it's so potentially destructive that I think, you know, people are just clinging to to, to some kind of uh, explanation and rationale for for what's going on. Um, and the Russia connection provides an easy solution to this problem. I think that, you know, I've been saying it ever since the election, pretty much um, while it's devastating and, you know, it was it was this kind of, you know, life changing moment. Um, the silver lining there was that it kind of puts 
the divisions that we have within the country on full display. It puts our problems on full display. I think, honestly, I think a Hillary Clinton presidency would have kept things, you know, a bit below the surface for a period of time. But at least with Donald Trump, the divisions and the discussions um, that I think we need to have are now fully out in the open and there's room to express it because what he's doing in his level of corruption is so out in front. There's really no hiding it, you know? So... Um, but what I think, you know, and those are very difficult things to address our divisions, um, you know, the, the antagonisms that exist between different parts of the country, which are expected because we're such a large and diverse population. Um, it, 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 it makes sense that, that, that these kinds of rifts would exist between different groups. Um, but you know, those are very hard things for people to address in a civil way. Um, you know, especially when, one side is kind of has the stigma of being, um, you know, simple minded and bigoted and racist. And the other side has this stigma of being dismissive and elitist, you know, so it's difficult to bring those two people together. But I think that's the necessary work that needs to be done. But what this Russia connection does, you know, and I'm not denying that there's any connection, but what, but, but what it does is it provides an easy out, you know, yeah. it says, OK, you know, if we just prove this point, if we prove that he was put into office by a foreign power, then we can go back, like things can go back. I got, I think it's more of a liberal fantasy. It's like we, we can go back to normal. We don't have to, uh, you know, live in this world that is difficult to live in, you know, and where things are painful. We can kind of go back to what we were doing before. Um, you know, I, I was, I was watching an interview with, with, a, with a writer for the New Yorker last night on Charlie Rose. And she was saying, you know, she was saying, I think under Clinton things like this would have been a, a bit more peaceful time. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, it's like, yeah, that, that, that might be true for you and your people, but for another group of people in the country, that might not be the case. You know, it might be just a continuation of things that, you know, that they felt, but that kind of discussion, you know, the reason as to why those people might think that and might think that Trump was a better option in the long run, that kind of discussion isn't really happening because the airways are drowned out by Russia, 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 you know, and I think the point that um, this woman Gessen has been making throughout her articles is that um, we're so quick to rush to conclusions that we're almost trying to find facts that fit these already preconceived notions that we have, you know, yeah. which is dangerous because, you know, we're putting the carriage in front of the horse, so to speak. You know, we we already have an idea or, or, or have a um, we have an idea of what happened. We we're just finding things to support that idea. Yeah, and it reminds me of Louise Mensch, who um, she's basically the like the, the the head honcho now when it comes to pushing every storyline that has to do with Russia to the yeah, forefront. Yeah, which is crazy because she's a former conservative politician in 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 in, in England. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you know, getting back to exaggerating and the left becoming you know you know more familiar with pushing conspiracy theories. Um, to fit their narrative now about Russia, you know, if if there's an actual connection, right, between Russia and Trump and we find it out, we will see that the exaggeration and pushing the stories like people like Luis Mensch actually did a service. Right. And we've been arguing, like, you know, they, they kept the story in line, kept it in the forefront. They kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then the FBI comes out with their investigation and it looks, well, you know what? You guys were right. And you you saw all the signs. Right. That's kind of like their mindset. Like, we're sure that it's going to happen. And we want to keep pressure on it. But if it doesn't happen, it really destroys, you know, kind of like the liberal argument, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and just liberalism in general. Yeah, you know, it's, it's take like, another it's, blow. Well, so, so we kind of saw it on a microcosm level 
on a micro level um, with Rachel Maddow a couple weeks ago and, yes. the, and the tax returns fiasco. We saw how she kind of fell flat because, you know, there's nothing really in there. In fact, I, I, I think that those tax returns made Trump look good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it like, all right, he's paying what he's supposed to be paying, you know, no more, no less, you know. Um, it, you know, but it was, it was, it was advertised as this smoking gun to, to Trump's tax returns. And when it falls short like that, it completely, you know, neuters the opposition, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it totally makes them look weak and ineffective and alarmist and exposes them for, you know, for the bullshit that they're, that they're kind of spewing, yeah. which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Rachel Maddow. Um, so there was one part of me that was like, all right, good. You kind of like get what you deserve for hyping this up. And making this a non, you know, making this a, an, an issue when there really isn't anything. But at the same time, it's also like, well, fuck. Now, anything that comes out um, that you know Could might shed light on some of, yeah, yeah, that might shed light on some of his more controversial financial ties is going to be painted by this, uh, you know, this false start that was committed by Maddow and, and, and MSNBC. Yeah, you know? and- they always have that's a kind of from like their start, like from their reference point. And that in and of itself is kind of a damning thing. Yeah. And with with Louise Mensch, you know, she may well be vindicated. Right. So because we don't know, but we've been we've I been think saying, she's putting all of her eggs in that basket. Man. Yeah. She's going at it a hundred fucking percent. She, she is, is relentless. If you just follow, follow like, her on Twitter. She was on Bill Maher this past Friday. Um, she's basically flooding social media with every story that has any sort of connection to Russia. Now, she is like pro <laughs> intelligence community. So there's a chance that you know she she had a big kind of story early on um, in this whole thing. Yeah, but she's all self hype, man. You know, it, yeah. like, I was reading something. You know, I, I, I of the little that I, like that I could stomach of what I was reading from her. You know, she would continuously reference her, you know, her exclusive her exclusive yeah. world famous leak that was like that happened six months ago. You know, it's like what yeah. the fuck. You know, like you're still harping on this. Yeah. So I think you know I think anything that that you know, um, I hope that she's vindicated for the sake of you know getting to the bottom of this whole situation. But at the same time, it's also, you know, she's a shameless self promoter, I think, and she's going to do what is, you know, opportune at the moment. So I don't think that we should really take her for, you know, this, this savior, but she could very well be vindicated if, if the story pans out in the way that she thinks it's, it's going to pan out. Yeah. And, and you and I have been pretty consistent on this show where we, we said of the Democrats, like, I think it was the last episode, like, just relax with the Russia shit, you know? Yeah. Like, don't like, don't push it, every story that comes out. out. Let it fucking play yeah. out. Yeah. You know? Let it play out because let's just say, you know, like, we we don't want to have another Rachel Maddow moment where you are hyping all these conspiracy theories and, like, non-stories just to keep the whole Russia thing and make Trump look bad and demonize him. Make yeah, him well, just continue well, to make well, him look well, bad. you mentioned it to me. You mentioned it to me this past, like, this past weekend, the CNN story that was circulating about yeah. how Michael Flynn has been flipped by the FBI. Like, what the fuck? You know that didn't go anywhere, but yeah, that's um, speculation. But look, you know, look people ran but, with but, it. But 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 that was being reported on 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 CNN. Yeah, you know, so it's like, what does that say? You know, why? You know, why even bring that up? You know, why are like now we're sort of? It seems like we're kind of um, engaging. You know, like like the the reporting is now you know relying more and more and more on speculation, which I think is very dangerous, and it's yeah. not really being addressed. And it's also the thing is. I would like to say, you know, everybody calm down, stop with the Russian thing. But then Trump and his team and Nunez, they they do things that make it worse. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not well, they acting make it seem right like it's either. A cover up. 
Yeah, it like looks a like a cover up. And it's not because of the outrage and all these these articles that are coming out about, oh, Jared Kushner talk, talked to this banker when they were under sanctions. That was the story that led the beginning of this week on Monday. You know, he's going to go and talk to the intelligence community, uh, the committee, whatever, the investigation. He volunteered, apparently, like all these stories coming out. And every time a new story comes out with another person tied to Trump, it just builds everything back up again and everybody freaks out. But with that said, then you have a guy like Nunez who goes and has this information about the investigation and then runs to the White House and gives it to Trump before sharing yeah. it with his committee that he's chairing. They're not really That's helping sketchy. their cause. Neither side is really exactly. helping their cause, I think, you know, because, you know, it makes it, you know, when they do things like this, um, it makes it seem like they're they're trying to hide something. You know, when right. when Sessions lies under oath. Uh, it makes it seem like he's hide, like, like hiding something. Yeah, you and know, the fact so, that Flynn got fired for lying, right? Like, yes, if, yeah. So that's kind of just fanning the flames, mm-hmm. really, you know. And so I think that's what's keeping a lot of people engaged in the story and 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 preventing them from kind of taking a step back from it because these kinds of you know I don't know sketchy things keep emerging. You know what I mean? The whole Paul Manafort thing, like yeah. that, that's pretty alarming. Um, right. And it indicates like what kind of person he is and what kind of people were in the Trump campaign. Again, you know, it's you know, it's not conclusive evidence that there's collusion. But when you combine that with things like, you know, and with with Mike Flynn lying to Pence about certain things, you know, when you take that mm-hmm. with, uh, with 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 everything else, it kind of, you know, it it it, it doesn't allow for, uh, you know, for any critical observation. Yeah. And here's another excerpt from uh, Gessen's um, op-ed piece in the, in the Times. Um, but one need not speculate about the contents of his tax returns. It's their secrecy that counts. Mr. Trump's refusal to re- release his tax returns or to divest from his businesses or to subject his cabinet picks to the normal vetting processes required no further proof or explanation to garner outrage. This is a president who blithely embraces the appearance of corruption, and this is unmanageable. And I would agree with her wholeheartedly. Like he, it's it's not a secret that he surrounds himself with guys like Manafort, Stone, uh, Carter Page, like all these slimy, you know, people that we do not expect to be in charge. You know what I mean? These are slimy dudes. They they all have baggage. And that's more telling than anything that would be in the tax returns, right? The tax returns is the smoking gun, right? Oh, my God. Ten years of tax returns that the GOP just blocked, actually. They just blocked yesterday a resolution to set by the Democrats for Trump to release 10 years of his tax returns. We get those. Mm-hmm. It, it, it fills in the final puzzle piece. Like, where's his money? And it's see if there's Russian you so know, money think. in there. So, so we, we think. think, right, exactly. The fact that they just won't release it when all presidents since, like, you know, the 60s have released their tax returns willingly before yeah. they became president, you know, that's sketchy. But she's right. You know, it's the secrecy that counts. It's the fact that he's got, he had a guy like Paul Manafort who ran his campaign longer than any other campaign manager that he had and that then Sean Spicer lies about it on the news saying, well, he had a very limited time and in a very limited role where it's like, no, he was the campaign manager for the majority of the campaign. And he's a sleazy dude. He's got money all over the place. He's tied to Russia. He did campaigns in Ukraine for the, the Russian stooge that was the president before the revolution a couple of years ago. And all these things are kind of out in the open, but yet they still feel the need to lie about them. And it's the secrecy and the ducking and the dodging and the people like Roger Stone and Manafort in, you know, tied to Trump that should have everybody alarmed, even if there is no Mm -hmm. smoking gun, you know. And I think that's a point that's really needs to be driven home. It's like, who cares if there is anything in the tax returns? Look at the people that he surrounds himself with. Right. That should be alarming. That's that's not how we run. Well, that's what they're doing. But, you know, but, you know, 
like 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 that quote that you just said, it's it's unimaginable that, the, that these people are, are the ones who are running the country. So we need to find some explanation as right. to why like it, it must be it Russia. Is the way that, yeah, it yeah. must be Russia. You know, so I mean, like, I, I, that's like one common thread. And then you know, I'm not you know, and I'm I'm not denying that there was some degree of uh, of you know information warfare that was committed during like throughout the election or throughout the campaign. Um, you know, but at the same time that kind of use of information for those ends wouldn't have been as successful if it wasn't already exploiting divisions that existed within the country, like mm-hmm. we kind of mentioned before. You know, there's another article of hers that that um, was came out a couple weeks ago um, that, you know, you know, essentially said that this style of trying to influence politics abroad and, you know, um, you know, has gone back to the Soviet era, but it was based off of Soviet perceptions of America as opposed to, you know, American perceptions of America. So, you know, because of that, it was largely a failure. Um, But things have changed so frequently. And so she and so the quote is modern Russian spy masters get their ideas about the West from the West itself. They are generally convinced that the American political system is accurately portrayed in House of Cards. If Russian disruption efforts were more successful during the 2016 American election, it is not because the Russians have become so much better at what they do or have finally developed a sophisticated understanding of American politics. It is because American politics have come to resemble the TV caricatures. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of fits in line with a larger critique of what this whole campaign and election was. It was a fucking TV show. Yeah. And that's one reason why Trump did so well is because he, you know, he does TV shows. You know what I mean? So, but... You know, and I think that's a very valid critique and it and it's very damning and it really, you know, is a hard hitting criticism of where our country has become, where we become this kind of caricature um, of of ourselves, you know, and all this concentrated power, this kind of power playing that's going on in Washington. And then meanwhile, there are all these forgotten people all throughout the country who see this strong man kind of guy coming and saying, I'll solve your problems. And then that's why they all go vote for him. Um you know, but that none of that discussion happens when we're all so fucking, you know, like when we're all drowned out by Russia, 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 you know? Yeah. Well, let's then do a slight transition to just conspiracy, conspiracy theories in general. Um, I don't know if you remember, but my thesis. Yeah, you got, you got a history was, with this. Was, yeah, it was about conspiracy theories. And I, I, I find it really comical uh, that I'm seeing, you know, Reagan Republicans on my Facebook page now embracing alex jones you know like straight up i'm not even joking that's crazy yeah it's absolutely (laughs) crazy so the fact that the right now and the kind of alt-right or the new right the trump right has embraced a guy like alex jones um is just mind-boggling to me because a few years ago they you know they would see him making allegations that sandy hook was a false flag if you don't know know who alex jones is you should give him a couple minutes of your time to watch yeah it's quite it's quite the spectacle so when it comes to his brand of conspiracy theory it's not um, – he, he gives a bad name to conspiracy theory because uh, like I did in that, that paper that I wrote in college, basically was talking about how some conspiracy theories, while they're considered conspiracy theories, meaning like this alternate sort of ex- explanation for a certain event that something – somehow there's a group of people who conspired to whatever, right? I mean the basic definition of or idea of what we think of conspiracy theory, a lot of times – Conspiracy theories all, all like offer just an alternative narrative based on the same evidence as the official story, right? Yes, and yes. that's considered a conspiracy theory, which I think is is um, dishonest to what some of them are. Now, Alex Jones pushes the actual batshit crazy narratives, like 
Sandy Hook was false flag to ramp up guns. Yeah, just just a, just a note on that or, or an example of his conspiracy theories. He believes in the in the moon landing, but he thinks that the video was staged. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, just yeah. like absurd shit like that. Yeah, and he and he's in it for the pro and for and for the money. He's made a living doing this. They sell things on his website. He's pretty crazy. He's really really funny too and entertaining, which is you know what you have to be nowadays if you want people to listen to you, which is unfortunate. You can't be smart anymore. You have to be crazy and outrageous. Um, yeah, it's performed. Yeah, but the way that the Russia story kind of connects to like a conspiracy theory and the more historical sense of the of the term, meaning that people think okay, so Russia and Trump somehow colluded together to win him the election, right? What people people don't understand, and everybody's waiting for the smoke and gun, the, the phone call, the tax return, whatever, that's going to show Trump talking to you know Putin or somebody in his campaign talking to a Russian oligarch, right? That people are waiting for that. But what they don't understand is when a conspiracy, everything at some point is a conspiracy, right? People mm-hmm. collude and conspire to do all sorts of things. But I think what people forget and which is why the findings Yeah, 9/11 of, was a conspiracy on like like yeah. like you know on the uh, on the end of like al-Qaeda. You know, they conspired to do that. Right. Or the that classic example, Julius Caesar being murdered, right? That was a conspiracy. Yeah. They they coll- they colluded together. Any sort of crime. Je- Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Every sort of crime there was at some point people were conspiring to do something, right? But what people forget is that everybody wants the smoking gun, but when you have people that have like interests they don't need to have a conversation on the phone to and make it like a formal conspiracy where there was actually a dialogue between them. If they have like interests, they have like goals then, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Sheldon Adelson where he would go around the country and pump money into elections for politicians who were anti-union, right? He didn't know yeah. these guys. He would go and pump in money in, in Wisconsin to, you know, Scott Walker, probably never even met the guy, just pumping money because, oh, Scott Walker's anti-union, I'm anti-union, therefore you and I, I need to give you money so you get elected. There's never, you know, Scott Walker and yeah. a guy like Sheldon Anderson may have never even spoke before, but Trump because they have like interest. Yeah, well, Trump is anti-establishment, Putin's anti-establishment, yes. Trump's anti-Clinton, so is Putin, um, you know. Trump represents, you know, someone who's, you know, has, you know, strongman tendencies and oligarchy tendencies. You know, it, right. it would make sense that 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 he would, you know, and so it seems like Russia has been engaging in these kinds of information warfare tactics for for decades, you know, and it probably wasn't stopping during, throughout the other elections, but like the the candidates weren't like didn't contrast as much as they did this year. Um, so it, it would make sense that he would, of course, support. Um, of course, uh, Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton, you know, just see, but the idea of Trump being in power is so alarming to people that they need this kind of closure of, you know, the smoking gun, you know? Yeah. And you don't, and you just made the point, you know, and I'll drive it home again is that there, in order for there to be a conspiracy, they, they, they don't need to meet up and hang out and come up no, with a yeah, plan. No, yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. So, and... There's no, like, you know, under some bridge meeting, you exactly. know, where something is handed off, you know, but everyone is, is you know, going frantic, trying to find this thing, Sure. you know? And which is why I have an issue with it, even if there is no smoking gun, is because now we have a president who's in power who has aligned himself, whether it's conscious or not, or has the same interests and the same goals, is a guy who hates our country, who hated Obama, hated Clinton, who, <clears throat> who spreads disinformation and tries to, you know, manipulate elections in Poland and Czechoslovakia and in the eastern, old eastern bloc countries a guy who kills his political opponents. We can go down the list of all the things that Putin is and things like that. Um, 
so that's my problem. You know, people are like, well, there's no connection. It's like, well, there doesn't need to be an actual connection, an actual phone conversation between Trump and Putin. But it's very clear that they have like interests and they and yes. they had desire to have the same outcome. And my question is, A, is that OK with you? Is that OK with you if you're a Trump supporter or just an American who is on the fence? Maybe, you know, is that OK with you that our president now has aligned interests with somebody who does not have the interest of our country as a whole? You know, or is is that is that worse or is that better? Is that can still considered a conspiracy to you? Like all these questions now that, you know, are coming out in the yeah. open. If you look at it from that perspective, there may not be a smoking gun, but there's still an alignment of the two, you know? Yeah. Well, the idea of, 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 of Russians actively trying to undermine the electoral process and, uh, you know, um, put Trump in power is a crazy conspiracy, but, but, but that's been co-opted by, you know, institutions within the states. So now it's kind of the official story, right. you know, it's, it's, it's who tells the story that um, sort of determines whether or not it's a conspiracy or not, you know? And so when you have the intelligence communities um, who make a living out of conspiring to do things, you know, when you have them who are stating that uh, there was some connection there, then it, all of a sudden it, it, it becomes kind of, you know, the dominant narrative. And so everything else becomes a conspiracy even though that might uh, tear apart the, you know, sort of like the state story. Right. And just to, we have five minutes left. Let, just to, I want to make a couple of points about the alt-right before we end here. There and, and their view on this whole thing. So obviously they're like, you know, oh, you guys are just mad because you lost, blah, 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 this and that. You know, and in a lot of ways they're having their 15 minutes of fame right now. And it would be, I almost want there to be a smoking gun just to shut them up. But I also think that, the alt-right and their, their just blind defense of everything Trump, they make the, you, you can make the argument, okay, well, what about Obama? To, to, that would be the counter-argument. Well, you know, the, there was the, the birtherism thing, you know, like we need to see mm -hmm. his, his birth certificate and this is kind of the same witch hunt that is happening with Trump where there's, there's no there there, but the opposition is making a big deal out of it because they don't like him, right? And yeah. that's apples and oranges, in my opinion, because... Yeah, it is. It, it, it absolutely is, because, you know, you, they're incomparable to them. You can't yeah. even... The, you, you know. We know the motive of the birtherism thing. It, it was yes. just a racist, delegitimizing way to, to just demean Obama, right? This is... Okay, Obama didn't have an FBI criminal investigation over his birth certificate, no. right? Um, so it's different. And the fact that there's a segment of the population on the alt-right who... I'm not saying you have to believe every conspiracy theory, everything that Luis Mensch says, everything that the Democrats say that there was a connection with Russia, all this stuff. I don't say that you have to believe any of it, but just the simple fact that he's being investigated since July. That's what Comey said. They've been investigating the Trump campaign since July. The fact that you're basically just saying, well, there's nothing there. It's like you don't know. Nobody yeah. knows. Comey and his team, we have to wait for them to come out. There may not be anything, but the fact that you don't know doesn't mean that you like I don't understand how they could just be like, there's nothing there. It's just a witch hunt. It's like, okay, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. You know, you sound just as stupid well, it's, it's saying just, that there's nothing a, there as people say, like Louise Mensch, when she goes crazy and says that everything that Trump does has something to do with Russia, right? You sound just yeah. as stupid. You don't know. And neither do it's we. A, and that's a, the point of the investigation. Of, of how political or, you know, how partisan everything is right now. Yeah. You know, that's, a, that's a, you know, um, everyone has a fucking opinion. Everyone thinks that, that like that they're right. Um, and then fuck everybody else. You know, that's kind of like where we've become. I'm so tribal and so divided. Yeah. Um, and it, now it's, you know, sort of very out in the open and, you know, no one's holding back from voicing 
you know, their, their views and, you know, announcing where they stand. Um, and there seems to be no real reaching over and trying to find some common ground, which I think is like the most alarming part is that right. it's, it's almost celebrated to, to find your camp and stick in it. You know, mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like having views that contradict, uh, those of the people who you largely associate with is kind of viewed as taboo and almost disqualifies you from, you know, from whatever, you know, are, you know, whatever ideological, uh, view you subscribe to you know there's no room for dissent anymore within your within your chosen faction you know what i mean there's no real like real room for that and i think that's kind of damning and pretty dangerous um if we can continue along that line but you know again i think that's an example of you know now that's so out in the open and before trump that wasn't really um you know you know that kind of thing was happening but it was kind of we still tried to pretend like we're you know a community a big community of people was you know uh with multi-ethnic and multicultural, you know, views, you know, which was kind of bullshit, you know, and didn't really reflect things. So now that Trump, you know, and I think Trump has kind of made it okay for people to kind of say, all right, yeah, I believe this. And I think that that's stupid, you know, um, and that can be damaging, but at the same time that, you know, at least we sort of have it out like, like out in the open and, you know, can address it out in the open. So thanks Trump. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're right. He, he, he did pull the bandaid off this thing. You know, he yeah. just ripped it right off. Uh, yeah. And, yep. and that, if anything, that is somewhat of a silver lining. If it um, if it brings not doesn't bring the country together because he's already shown that that's not in his best interest to, or not in his best interest, but not something that he's prioritized to bring the country together. No. But no. it also what it would it, what it will do is it hopefully will accelerate certain things to where at some point we can have like a new center in the country. You know, what well, I mean? it's, uh, like it, it'll accelerate a conversation that I think has been needing to happen for some right. time, but has just been getting ignored by, mm-hmm. you know, messages like hope and change mm-hmm. and, you know, shit like that stronger together. You know what I mean? Yeah. These, these, these empty kind of platitudes that don't really reflect the nature of, you know, the country, you know? Yeah. Did, so did you see yeah. real quick? Did you see Hillary? She made like a speech or something like that. And Jesus. why, she, you know, why, why would I watch a Hillary Clinton? I, well, I didn't watch it either. But yeah, like, I saw a story where she still, she just like doesn't get it. It's in her DNA to be like a you know a uh, a politician. That's why people but, hate fucking hate her. That's why that's why she yeah. lost the election was because she was just you know too detached. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, but she basically has this like soundbite where she's like, "We need to persist, resist, and like just like did that rhyme like three other words that yeah, rhymed with like, persist and resist." Damn. And I'm like, "You gotta stop." You got to stop. Yeah, that does that not work anymore. It didn't work for work out for you. You're like, you're not helping Chelsea out at all by, yeah. uh, by staying with it, you know, by injecting yourself into the public discourse. You yeah. know, it's like, get out of there. Um, uh, before we man, wrap that, up, I want to just, uh, tell people a couple of, a couple of people you should follow if you're interested in the Russia story. So Masha Gessen or Jessen, I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. Gessen. Um, yeah. I would follow her. She's a Russian American journalist. She's, um, critical of Putin. And you'll find that the people who know, the region well they're all critical of putin so if i feel yes. like if, you, if somebody is you that's know why they don't live in that and that's, like, a little that's why they don't live in the region anymore it's you exactly. know, because they're pro putin you know yeah so amashi gessen uh gary kasparov he was a former world chess champion he's kind of dedicated his career to talking about putin and russia he has a book called winter is coming that's all about russia and putin um and then there's ann applebaum who is a journalist and an author as well uh, and she, a historian too, she uh, is based out of Poland. She's been, well, she's American, but she she lived in Poland half the time. Um, 
and she knows she knows the region pretty well and she's pretty privy to the last you know couple of decades of the russian relationship with the old eastern bloc countries and how it's not a good relationship and that part of the world does fear putin which is all you really need to know about who he is and what his goals are for that country um so those are people that i feel like you'll get a very good i'm not not trying to say that you know like this whole conversation we're kind of critiquing the um you know the whole putin theory but you know at, at the same time what what i like about the people who you just mentioned is that they they do a very good job of looking at putin's tactics and what he does and um you know what kind of influence he has had or could have had on the 2016 election but at the, at the same time they don't overblow it you no. know they don't you know they don't they don't go crazy and try to come up with all these explanations you know they say all right this is kind of par for the course yes. i feel like these, these people have been through it before yeah. um so they can kind of see it for what it is and not get so alarmed over it and say yeah this is kind of what happens they don't have to but but they don't rush to these kinds of crazy conclusions that are being rushed to right now yeah, and uh, exactly right. To them, it's just like, yeah, no shit that this is happening. This is something that yeah. Putin does all the time. And that's a perspective that, unfortunately, uh, we don't get enough of because uh, to, to most people in this country, to everybody on the news, all the news channels, this is new, you know uncharted territory. Yeah, well, um, we always thought that this could never happen to us. We thought yeah. that we were fucking holier than now. <laughs> you know, it's like, but right. you know, lo and behold, look at this. Yeah, so Masha Gessen, Gary Kasparov, and Ann Applebaum. Um, I would follow them on Twitter. And um, I don't have their Twitter handles in front of me, but use the Google machine and figure it out. But um, all right. Well, that was it. We're going to we're going to wrap it up. I'm, uh, I'm yep. about to head to Europe later today. So I was glad that we can get a little um, little recording in here for, for the people. Yeah, man. You're giving me good trip. Comes. Charles is first time to Europe. Charles does yeah. Europe. Yeah, Charles does Europe. Uh, you'll see me. I don't know. I, I might be disconnected for a little while, which I think is a good thing because I've been on yeah, my phone for like since the election nonstop. So yeah. All right, cool. Well, All thanks right. for coming on. All right, Charles, I'll see you in a, a little bit over a week. All right, man. All right, peace.